How long will we hear the word preached from the pulpit and not believe? How long will we see a God at work all around us and, and in us and through us and not believe? Oh, you faithless generation, God help our unbelief. Dive into another enriching episode where we bring you to the heart of our Sunday worship service. In today's installment, we highlight Brother Mark Abney's powerful sermon titled, The Faith Problem, based on Mark chapter 9, verses 14 through 32. As Brother Mark continues his insightful series in the book of Mark, we invite you to join us on Journey of Faith and Discovery. Explore the challenges and triumphs of faith as we delve into the profound teachings of Scripture. Tune in to experience the transformative power of God's Word and let the message of hope and perseverance uplift your spirit. And now, Brother Mark. I'm going to be in Mark chapter 9, continuing on. Um, we was, we're going to be starting in 14, so uh, last week we was on the Mount of Transfiguration, if you remember, and, and Jesus, uh, the radiance of the glory of God come out of Jesus and, and uh, shine there, and uh, Moses and Elijah joined Jesus there at that time, and Peter, James, and John watched on. And now they're coming back down from the mountain. And uh, we start in Mark 9, 14. So if you want to stand as we read out of God's Word, feel free to do so. If not, then uh, sit and listen up. Mark 9, 14 through 32. And when they had come, when, when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them. So they're talking about they're coming back down from the mountain. And when they get down from the Mount of Transfiguration, here's this crowd and the rest of his disciples there. They saw this great crowd around them, the scribes arguing with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed. And they ran up to him and greeted him. And they asked him, what are, what are, and, and he asked them, what are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him saying, teacher, I brought my son to you and he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and he grinds his teeth and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground, and he rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, From childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this, can, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. 
And he went on from there, and he passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know, for he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And when he is killed, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand the saying, and they were afraid to ask him. Let us pray. Father God, rightly divide your word to our hearts. Hide me behind the cross. Give me words to speak, Lord. Improve and increase our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. You may be seated. You know, God always gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Amen. And today, that word, uh, I, I was digging into the word like on Tuesday morning. And God spoke to me through this passage and said, this is exactly where I need you to be. This is exactly what I want to tell you and the church. And he spoke to me clearly, and I wrote it down as fast as I could. So I hope I got everything. And as, I, as we dig into this, we'll look at, you know, when Peter and James and John returned from the mountain after Jesus was transfigured, there were uh, nine other disciples at the base of the mountain with the crowd. And the crowd was amazed when they saw Jesus. And this, this word amazed was the crowd was, was so astonished and amazed when they saw Jesus because Jesus was glowing. Jesus was still radiant. And if you remember when Moses had been with God and he come back down and he spoke to the people, he had to put a veil over his face. So you can imagine Jesus when he was transfigured on that mountain and the glory of God come out of him and shone up into the skies, how, how much he must have glowed. And it said his clothes were like they had been bleached so white that no one could launder them that white. So, so here he was coming back down from the mountain with this radiance still coming out of him with these clothes that were so white. And when the people saw him, they were amazed. Here Jesus stands before the crowd of people illuminating in his, in his white clothing. So you get the picture, Jesus, James, and John walked down into this crowd and all eyes were on Jesus and his radiance. And they ran up to him and they greeted him with great awe and joy and expectation. And Jesus immediately picked up on the fact that they was arguing with one another. And he says, what are you arguing about? And the man in the crowd, he speaks up and he says, Teacher, today I come and I brought my son and, and I wanted you to deliver this demon from him, this demon that, that makes him convulse, this demon that makes him foam at the mouth, this demon that makes him grind his teeth, this demon that tries to make him commit suicide all the time by throwing himself into the fire and into the water. And he says, uh, your, your disciples could not help me. And so they were arguing, and you can imagine the crowd with, this, with this fair, the scribes and the Pharisees there too, that all this was going on, and, and they were saying, see, I told you you didn't have any power. See, you couldn't do it, and, and here's this man who was needing help, and you couldn't help him. You, you, you claim to be followers of this Jesus Christ, but there you are, helpless, just like the rest of us. So they're arguing back and forth, and Jesus picks up on that, and he answers them, and he, say, and he says, uh, uh, Oh, you faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring the child here. Here Jesus rebukes the disciples and the scribes and the crowds for their lack of faith. 
I don't know about you, but that hits home. That lack of faith. And when, when I heard that, it's like, man, Jesus, we've, we've lacked faith. We've, we've seen all these things come upon us and upon our church, and, and we're destitute. We're at the bottom of the bottom. We're at the end of the end, and we're crying out, and we don't know what to do. And Jesus says, how long do I have to be with you? You just lack faith. As children of the Creator of the universe, who have been given all power and authority to do the work of the Lord, we have been weak in our faith. Amen? Amen? How long will we hear the Word preached from the pulpit and not believe? How long will we see a God at work all around us and, and in us and through us and not believe? Oh, you faithless generation, God help our unbelief. Jesus said, bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the spirit saw Jesus, immediately it convulsed the boy and he fell on the ground and he rolled around foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. If you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, God, help my unbelief. You and I should be crying out the same thing today. God, help our unbelief. Help us to have more faith. Help us to, to trust you, to know that you've got everything in control and help us to cry out to you, God, help our unbelief. Increase our faith, Lord. The miracles of God come down from heaven based upon your faith and not the ability of God. You see, God has all ability. Amen? It's your faith that He's waiting to see. You must have faith. Notice the words of Jesus, if you can, and Jesus says to the man, your faith is what matters. It's your faith that's going to heal the boy. I am able to do all things, but I am waiting on you and your faith. Jesus turns it back to the man pointing out the truth. The healing you request is based upon your faith and not mine. You see, Jesus has all faith. Amen. He is God. He knows all things. He is all powerful. He's just waiting on you and your faith. When you ask Jesus to come into your heart and save you, it, it, happens, it happened because you believed it. Amen? If you had faith that, and you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is God and you believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you were saved. If you had faith that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son as a free gift to you, and if you believed on Him that you would not die and that you would not go to hell, that you would have everlasting life, your faith saved you. The Bible says in Hebrew eleven six, without faith it's impossible to please God, for whoever will draw near to God must believe that He exists, and He rewards those who seek Him. You see, God is waiting for you and I to seek Him. 
God is waiting for you and I to come to him in faith and say, we believe. We know you can do it. Amen? So what is it that fuels our faith? What is the gas that puts gas in the gas tank of our faith engine? Faith is the substance of things believed in yet not seen. In Hebrews 12 it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which clings to us so closely, and let's run this race with endurance, the one that said before us, looking unto Jesus, Jesus, who is the founder and the finisher of our faith. You see, Jesus is waiting for you and I to come to him in faith so that we can run this race that he set before us, so that we can grow this church that he's placed in this place where he's put you and I to have faith that he can do whatever he says he's going to do. Faith is believing, yes. But if we truly believed, we would pray. If we truly believed, we would pray. The problem with our faith is our asking. We don't believe, so we don't ask. You might say, well, that's not really true, but isn't it? I mean, if we really believed it, wouldn't we ask for it? We've talked about evangelism, church membership, discipleship, loving others, showing ourselves to be a friendly church, improving our worship, and doing whatever possible to get folks to come to this church, but we've not asked God to do it. Oh, sure, we prayed, and you and I have prayed, and had say, God, add to our numbers, grow the church. But have we really got serious with God? Prayer is the evidence of faith, the fuel of faith. If we truly believe that God was going to raise up an amazing church right here in this building, right here in Calhoun, Missouri, we would have faith enough to pray for God to do it. Prayer is the evidence of your faith. It's the fuel of your faith. If, if we truly believe that God was going to do something, we would be praying every day and saying, God, I can't wait. You're going to do this. I know you're going to do it. In faith, we come to you and we ask you to do this very thing. And God says, I will do it whenever I see the faith of my people. And so he's waiting on us to have faith. When Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute, deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, the disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast him out? And he said to them, This kind can not only come out by much prayer. What's Jesus saying? He's saying, if you have faith, you'll pray. If you have faith, you'll pray and you'll ask me to do that thing. Amen? Jesus does the impossible. He don't do the possible because if he did the possible, he wouldn't get the glory. He does the impossible, so he gets all the praise and glory. Amen? 
The hard things in life, the impossible things in life are only done by asking God to do them for you. Without faith, it's impossible to walk with God. And if your faith is not evidenced by your prayers, then your lack of faith, then your lack of faith is why you don't receive the blessing. God wants to do far more above what we could ever dream or imagine in our life. The only reason God has not done it is because we've not asked. We've not come in faith and asked Him to do the impossible. We have not because we've not asked. Church, we don't have the faith that God can raise up a church here in this town. We don't have the faith that God can add to our numbers. We don't have the faith that God can do the impossible. Our prayers and our prayer life show that very fact that we don't have the faith. And I am most guilty. Amen. I am your shepherd and I should be leading you to pray. Every day, all the time for the church. Because if we pray in belief, God will do the impossible. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. Not just go home and say a prayer. We need to come together in corporate prayer and petition God to do the impossible in our church. Prayer is what changes things. Prayer is the fuel of faith. And if we believe it, we would pray for it. And if we pray for it, God will deliver it. And we have not because we've not asked God to do it. Before Elijah called down prayer from heaven, or fire from heaven, he prayed. Before Joshua destroyed the walls of Jericho, he prayed and asked God to destroy him. Before Jonah was, was spit out of the mouth of a big fish, he prayed for God for deliverance. Before Daniel was delivered from the lion's den, he prayed. Before Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was delivered from the fiery furnace, they prayed. Before Gideon fought that huge army and defeated them, he prayed. Before David slew the giant, he prayed. Before Paul was freed from prison, he prayed. Do you see the pattern? Faith plus prayer equals the difference. Amen? That's the formula. That's what Jesus just said. He said, it's your faith that changes things. You come to me in faith and you pray and you ask for it and I will deliver it. But we don't have because we've not asked. With that very formula, God could raise up a megachurch in Calhoun, Missouri. Do you believe it? Do you want it? Do you want it enough to pray for it? You see, prayer is the work that produces the miracle. All of our good and perfect things, all good and perfect things come down from the Father of lights in whom there is no shadow of turning. And I believe God is on the edge of his seat waiting for you and I to come to him and ask for that very thing. I've not been a good shepherd of faith and prayer. I've been watching and waiting to see who will stand up. I've been watching and waiting to see who is willing, who has faith. But you know what? I see your commitment all around me. I see you working and believing and knowing that God is at work in this church. 
And we hear it all the time, amen? We talk amongst ourselves and we say, we see God at work. We see God doing things around us. We see the ministries that God has placed before us and we are faithful to do them. And we keep working hard, amen? But the miracle is not in the work. The miracle is in the faith. The miracle is in the prayer. You see, we could work hard every day to raise up a mega church here and it will never succeed. But when we work hard in faith and we say, God, I believe, and I come to you and pray and ask you to do this thing, when we all come together in one accord and we pray for the very thing that God has laid on our hearts, God does the miracle. So here's a wake-up call. Here's the come-to-Jesus time. We should pray, pray, pray in faith until God does it. Amen? Amen? So who's with me? Who's willing to commit? We know the way. Who will go? It will require much of you. It will require your time. It will require faith. It will require surrender. If you're not willing, I don't want you coming up here at invitation time, but if you're willing to, to stand and say, I'm committed in faith, I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek God's face. I'm going, to, I'm going to do this every day until we see God do something. I pray at this invitation time that you would come and stand at the front with me and say, I'm going to pray. I'm committed. I'm going to stand. I'm willing. I will lay down everything to see God do this thing. And I will pray in faith. During this invitation time, I pray that you would come and stand here at the front with me and we'll begin to pray for God. So would you come during the, the song service and stand with me at the front if you're willing to commit and pray for God to raise up this church. Father God, I pray that during this invitation time, as the music plays, that you would just work. You would draw people unto yourself. You would convict us. You would increase our faith that we might begin to pray for the things that you've laid on our heart. That we might begin to pray for this church, that you would raise this church up, that you would, you would do a work here at this place in Calhoun, Missouri. Thank you, Lord, for each and every one that's here. Thank you for their willingness to, to work for you, to be committed, to be faithful. I love them and you love them even more. So Lord, I pray that during this invitation time, you'd have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this week's podcast. Our prayer is that if you were touched by this message, that you will respond with action. If you would like to accept Christ as your Lord, we ask that you pray the following prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I do not deserve eternal life but I believe that you died and rose from the grave to make me a new creation and to prepare me to dwell in your presence forever. Jesus, come into my life, take control of my life, forgive my sins, and save me. I am now placing my trust in you alone for my salvation, and I accept your free gift of eternal life. If you prayed this prayer with us today, then you know that you are truly saved. We'd love to hear from you so that we might connect in a meaningful way 
encouraging you to be active in the local church and share the same saving message of Jesus Christ. Please feel free to contact our pastor, visit our church, or find a Bible-believing local congregation near you. However you respond, please let us know.